podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that has no intention of revising its management structure. This week on Heart and Hand, if you've listened to the last couple of weeks, you can probably just save yourself half an hour by not listening to this. It's the same old shit. <laughs> Welcome to Art and Hand, the Rangers Podcast. My name is David Edgar, and as previously stated, I am quite content in my role as pod overlord and supreme being of the Art and Hand universe. I'm joined this week by associate co-host and uh, long-time lackey, yes, it's Mr Scott Vanderacker. Yes, folks, in the, the very week that Rangers appear to be looking for a director of football and first-team coach, etc., David's made it quite clear that um, lackey will remain... My job description. There's more chance of you being appointed Rangers Director of Football than there is of getting a step up in the pod rankings, if I'm being 100% honest with T- you. Talking of which, I need some help later. Um, David, I was, I was looking online at some of the feedback to the last few pods. Yeah. And I'm trying to work out you know, whether I was missed or not. And there's a few phrases I don't understand, okay. if you can help me. Go on. Vast improvement on the usual input. Uh-huh. People with genuine insight into the game. Yep. Breath of fresh air for the pod. Mm. God, isn't it much better these days? What does that mean? Where does that leave me? I can't work it out. It leaves you about as popular as Cammy Bell at Mark Waghorn's uh, at Mark Warburton's birthday party. Oh dear. Mm. Um, for those of you who didn't see, uh, we'll come to that in a little while. But uh, Cammy Bell had a, a go at Mark Warburton. But we'll we'll come to that. Let's start off in the Highlands. Uh, Rangers did start off in Highlands and played quite well for the first 10 minutes and then this creeping sense of inevitability overtook everyone I know who, who's connected to Rangers when we went, well, yep, dominated, didn't score, showed his fate and it's got back into the game, scored the now traditional you know 20 yarder into the, into the corner against us. Second half we improved, uh, got back into it again, squandered a hatful of chances but eventually did draw level from the penalty spot and then Scott... I would say that after 70 minutes, with both teams realising that a draw really wasn't an awful lot of good to them, one team went for it and one team decided that a draw was enough and they would in fact take a point and both those teams got what they deserved in that last 20 minutes because for the last 20 minutes Inverness battered us and missed a penalty and then of course scored the winner and I thought hell Menger Rangers uh, it should have been like the Alamo at their goal it was more like it at ours yeah I think also what was interesting at the end is um, I was at home watching the game on television and I was as close to the guy that scored the overhead kick as Rob Kiernan was which was um, an interesting way of defending but we actually our, our email circle we had a wee match prediction if you remember on Friday morning David mm-hmm. and every single thing we mentioned came to pass all of it because watching Rangers now is actually like putting on your favourite old DVD favourite well okay, no, okay it's like putting on a rom-com nah, it's, like, it's like putting on like a, a film you hate like Kramer versus Kramer or The Champ right. oh, I fucking Talk, hated that film talking of which David Wright the Oscars right yes. the Oscars right 
total waste of time. Oh yeah, I, I it's got to the stage with the Oscars now that Oscar winner is actually a warning to me, not a uh, not not a come on. Right, and the ladies watch it, okay? They do because of people have apparently people wear dresses. Yes. Now, who am I to judge the females? We've got a lot of female listeners. But what I don't get is ladies watch that to see dresses. Whereas I watch pornography to see them in all their natural beauty, and yet somehow I'm accused of being a sexist and degrading women. I'm not the one who thinks they should be dressed up like a fucking Christmas tree. Exactly. I mean, in fact, a lot of the women you see at the Oscars are conforming to male stereotypes. They are. What is women the, should look like. Yeah, whereas the women in pornography are free. Well, after they've been bound up the... You know. Yeah. Anyway, get back. This is why people are complaining, by the way, because the last week we did fifty minutes of football before the first pornography gag. Well, yeah, but people should realise that standards have dropped again. This is all you have to offer. Exactly. They take what they will get. Still free. Yeah. They've still got the right to moan. Um. So anyway, the, so basically, any lad out there who stayed up to watch the Oscars, mmm, mm. okay, that's what I'm saying. So. Yeah, so it's like watching a terrible. Old de- it's like your your missus put on the bridges of Madison County. Yeah, it's just it's terrible. It. We've got the problem is is we've got a squad who aren't very talented, in all honesty, and we'd need to to be playing above themselves and in a good groove to get results. And at the moment, there's obviously no confidence. There's no cohesion, which is understandable. We don't have a manager, and the players psychologically they know that this is a caretaker and we've seen it before with a caretaker manager at many clubs it's not unique to Rangers God, that the players at the back of their minds I'm not saying it's deliberate but subconsciously they know that this guy's not there for the long haul and you have this feeling because we as fans had it you alluded to it that something is going to go wrong and the players have that feeling too you can see it um, we have spoken about this over and over again there is a certain mentality required to play at Rangers and it's not always to do with ability incidentally it's to do with your outlook and your ability to withstand criticism and your drive and the current team contains two or three at most who have that I would say the goalkeeper absolutely does I would say that Lee Wallace uh, looks to me as though he does and I would say that Kenny Miller looks to me as though he does and, and the rest of them I'm struggling to see that mentality now Inverness didn't make it a battle the way that Dundee did and I thought Inverness missed a trick there because I thought Dundee showed you the perfect way to play against us and that allowed us to play football at times and we did you know, reasonably well in parts of the first half uh, and then for a good 10 minutes in the second half we were all over them but again we're not clinical um, I would say that that's maybe tagged into confidence but it happens all the time so you know there comes a point where you're not unlucky when it just keeps going past the post it's ability you know you're just not scoring enough goals and then that fear factor sets in and and at the end the players were almost waiting for the sucker punch and sure as as sure as fate it came although they can't say they weren't warned with you know the penalty etc I think it's funny because what we decided to do today was because the, the last few pods have covered so well almost everything in fact in shouty in all its shouty glory that we were just going to see what came up and talk about issues and maybe give I'll give my opinion it's funny what David was saying there so I'll start with that David and I were talking about this in email and it was quite David's response was uh, quite flippant but it's good um, but scouting okay if you want it, we can go into the horrors that were the best in the business in a minute but can you scout character, David. Is it a measurable quantity 
Is that a thing? Well, you know my, uh, I said to Scott, Scott said, can you scout? Because we just, this is what we do, by the way, we're not talking about it on the podcast the rest yeah. of our lives are spent doing this. Um, but we were talking about it and he said, how do you judge character? And I said, well, arrange a meeting with them and then hit them with a 2p coin from just like a yard away, just chuck it at them. And if a guy goes, what are you doing? And then chuck another one and go, that hurt, you're going to cry. And if he does start crying, don't sign him. Now, that sounds flippant and me having a joke. However, it can't have been any worse than what we were doing to scout character. Can you scout character? Alex Ferguson said you could. So, yeah, uh, yep, that's so, what I was going to say. Ferguson believed he could suss out what a person was like. Because it's interesting about Best in the Business and Warburton as well. And you touched on this in your little match report there. Have you ever seen a squad the size of our squad with so many utter shite bags in it? Like, there are so few self-motivating professionals. As you said, two or three. That is incredible how often we got it wrong in terms of character. To play for Rangers, as you've said, you can be a 6 or 7 out of 10 player. But first of all, you have to be 6 or 7 out of 10 every week. You need consistency. You have to be tough and stand up when the tackles fly in. You have to know you're going to get torn apart with the press on the Monday morning. And you have to know that you still have to come back and play the next game with fire in your belly. There's no hiding place. There's nowhere to go. Um, and we have got so few of those in the squad. And what Mark Warburton's left us, and we'll talk maybe about his legacy later, there is so little fight. Everyone seems to need, and they keep talking, and fans will go on Mark's website and say, they need a leader now, they need a hand, you know, arm around their shoulder, they need somebody to come in and make it all better. Why? And why is it all of them? Yeah, the prof- how, how do you end up with so few players that can actually say themselves, I'm a grown man? I'm a self-motivator. Yeah, this isn't good enough, I need to go out and play well. Why are they all going to pieces? I, I, what was being scouted? I, I, God knows what they were looking for in players. Are really maybe available? Maybe they would come. Mm. That was it. It's frightening that we do seem to fall down in the face of any adversity, and it it does. It happens all the time, and I think it's it's happening too often now to think that it can be arrested almost by any manager. And you know, we've we've spoken about the need for a clear it, and I think that we're very much at that stage now. I can't see how many. Although, if a new manager comes in, you usually find that there are some players in a squad that you thought might have been unsalvageable that a new manager gets something out of. Not not very many, but two or three. But overall, I mean, there aren't that many you would keep, are there? No. I mean, I tell you the kind of player, bizarrely, who might... See somebody like Hodgson. He seems like a decent enough professional. And I think if you kind of tell him what way to where to stand, you know, I think he would probably be someone who would listen to instruction and maybe pick up the general vibe and maybe play with the better players around him and he also seems the kind of player who's a bit lost with poor players around him um, so maybe there's one there's a few players that'll be like that but she's all part of uh, this famous the Warburton legacy and I was thinking about this the other day exactly what you were talking about about the players knowing that um, the, the manager's only a caretaker and, that, and nothing rests on this I wonder also how many of them in their career are used to saying to their wife Right, we're packing up in the summer. New house, new car, new job. I, I wonder how many of them expect to be at Rangers for years. Or yeah, how many of them yeah, actually that's see a football good point. as that's a, good point. a string of clubs? Um, I, I think that there will be players who hope to stay, but more hope than expectation. I think there are other ones who have decided that if they can get the same money elsewhere for less stress, that they'd be prepared to take that. And it's difficult to see 
any way out of this at the moment. Now, one of the things that, that was brought up the other night, now we got into trouble um, on Mark's website apparently for uh, slagging off Rangers players last week because there's, there's some of the delicate flowers in our support who don't think we should make jokes about Rangers players. Um, I've never subscribed to that philosophy and I, I, I do get the point I don't want us to become like Arsenal fan TV where it's just let's see if we can say an outrageous thing for attention but we've been doing this for seven years do you know what I mean it's like if somebody makes a joke or a throwaway line about a player and it's not offensive then drag your fanny and this is this is what it sounds like when we talk about the player so therefore it'll be reflected on this but yep. I did think the other night when I was watching the likes of Kiernan, who's a whipping boy, understandably because of the position he plays, but watching him and Wilson, same errors, same stuff they always do, watching Halliday, who just looks completely stripped of anything that made him a footballer in the first place, uh, watching Mackay, who, again, is showing flashes, but in the wrong areas, you know, he's not damaging teams the way a guy with the ability you, you really feel could be. Watching Waghorn, who just doesn't look like a footballer at the moment. It was hard to not get incredibly frustrated with them because we've been watching this stuff over and over and we are a big club and we do have demands and it's not going to change. But one of the things coming out of the match was I thought that was the night where it stopped being on the players because we moved into the acceptance of they're just not good enough, they're just not very good and that's all there is to it and the excuses have been stripped away from it's the manager, it's just this, it's, these players are just collectively not a good bunch of players. So criticism then I think turned to the board because the criticism has to go somewhere and for Rangers fans it will always find an outlet and it turned on for I think the first time from sensible fans rather than, you know, the, the moon howlers, to the board. And I felt, I was talking to Mark about this at the weekend, and both of us uh, touched on this, that this is the first time that the board have really found themselves under criticism. And I feel that this was such an avoidable situation for the board. Now, I'm not saying this is right or wrong, so before people get on to me and say, oh, David, how can you say as Warburton did that? I'm on, you know, Warburton wasn't to blame... I'm not saying who was to blame, I don't know. I've got my opinion, I've shared it on here. You'll have yours, that's okay. I'm just saying this is how the board should have played it, how I would have played it if I was doing their PR. On the Friday night, they had an open goal because they could say, it was that Warburton bastard, it was all his fault. If the season goes tits up from here on in, it's his fault. They had Graham Murray to get them through the first game and the fans understood that. And then on the Monday, they should have had an appointment in, or certainly that week. And then, even if their, their interim guy had come in and done badly, the fans could still, I think, have been, enough fans could have been sated with, it was Warburton's fault, he left a pile of pish, he, he abandoned the middle of the season. Look, we did our best. You had, if you like, a clear path to the end of the season. By the indecision that's becoming almost their, their trademark, they sold two weeks and two matches and six points and everybody could see what was going to happen. Listen to the pod from two weeks ago. We said, it's not going to work with Marty and if they think it's going to hold to the end of the season, it's not. And the fans will be up uh, in arms after one or two defeats and we've had them. Mm-hmm. Now, instead of the fans going, Warburton's a bastard, blah, blah, the fans that I speak to and that contact us at the pod have been saying, 
Yes, war buttons a prick, all the rest of it, right? However, we've moved past that. Why have why have two weeks gone past with nothing happening? Why are the same mistakes being made? Have we abandoned the season? Now, there's talk that uh, a director of football will be appointed this week. I sincerely hope that that's correct. We'll, we'll talk about the DOF structure in a minute, Scott. But I think that the board trained the guns on themselves. I think they wandered in front of the, the firing line when they didn't have to. I think there was a very clear path in front of them. But it's becoming apparent that with this board, certainly for a year, and I'm a, I'm a fan of the board, I'll never ever forget what they did for us, but the MO of the board for a year, and it wasn't like this when they first came to power, maybe it's because they knew all their plans when they first came in, but they were dynamic and they made decisions and they got on the stuff. Whereas for at least a calendar year now, the process, the MO seems to go like this. Indecision, followed by a statement as a substitute for action, followed by some random action being taken in the hope that it will do, followed by it all collapsing and then saying, right, okay, here's what we actually need to do once the moment has gone past critical stage. I thought that happened with the cup final. I thought it happened after the the stuff we were subjected to at Mordor. Uh, I thought it happened after New Year in the transfer window, and I think it's happened now. Am I talking out my arse? If so, Scott, you can tell me. No, I think um, what you've hit on there is interesting. It's something I had actually had noted down. I'm wondering if the board have written off the season. And I wonder if part of their thinking is we could get scudded at uh, Stade de Nons and at Pataudry. And is it wise to appoint a manager, an actual the proper the manager, with this run of away games coming? And I think they thought at some level that to spare a new manager, they would actually wait for the summer, maybe start putting some of the appointments in place now, like a director of football, maybe some coaching changes in the background, and maybe not subject anyone to being linked in the fans' mind with this mess. Maybe they wanted to leave it as Warburton's mess until the summer. However, in reality, as you've said, we're Rangers. We can't keep losing games until May and finish seventh or eighth. That's not an option and I am 99% certain that Alan McLeish or Billy Davis or somebody would have come for a couple of months and they could have had him in place on the Monday I'm sure that they couldn't there's no way on earth that there's nobody they could have found to be caretaker for a couple of months and I can see their thought process I think they're thinking it's gone it's, it's, it's a downhill it's like we're spiralling out of control now let's not get anyone else sucked into this vortex of shit but I think it was a bad decision and the wrong one and they should have acted. And now I think they're crippled by indecision. They're now saying, well, if we do make these appointments just before we go and play Celtic, what could happen is what we feared would happen. But now we have to do it. And, are just, and I think they don't know whether to... It's like uh, digging more of a hole for themselves. I, but, I don't know if they know how to stop now. But doesn't it see, at least create an impression that they react to events rather than control them? And... Sometimes that's inevitable, I understand that. But to me, they give the appearance of always reacting. And when you're doing that, you're never in control of the, the, the situation. I don't think they are in control. David, you asked me, that's my opinion. I don't think they know. I think that they hoped to get through the end of the season with more wins and defeats and staying roughly the way on the table. The wheels have come off. And I think that at the moment, if you were to eavesdrop on the board, they'd be sitting around the table saying, I don't know, God, I don't know, God knows which way do we jump? 
I think there's indecision there. I don't think they know which way to jump at the moment to get with this. Yeah, that, that's that's my problem. Is that watching from from afar that it doesn't appear to me that there are plans other than the short term plans. I mean, I accept director of football is a good move in my opinion, and you're you're going to cover in a minute why why you think so too. But it looks to me that in terms of definitely the short term, a lot of the times it's we hope that this will do. The action is taken in the hope of making something go away and the hope of making the situation go down a notch or two in terms of importance. It's never taken because this is what we're going to do, this is the right thing, this is how we're going to step forward. And, you know, it's not a unique situation. Manager leaves football club in middle of season after disappointing results. You know, it's, it's... it's hardly a unique situation. I will accept there are things about Rangers that are unique, especially these last these last five years. But football manager leaving after a disappointing set of results, you know, it's it shouldn't be like trying to come up with a new bubble for the spirit level. It, 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 there's a straightforward, well-worn path of how you take action. And... I just think that the board now have got to accept that probably for the first time that they face criticism and we need to separate the two issues and I've been guilty of not being able to do this I admit this because I was so glad that they got rid of the spivs and it was so good to people in charge who weren't going to steal from us that for two years I admit there was very little I would criticise them for I'm getting to the stage of going you know what, thank you for that I will never forget that. That is absolutely wonderful, and thank you for doing that. Your place in Rangers history is assured. However, a separate issue. Yes. What the fuck are you doing? Right? We need to get this sorted. On social media on Friday night, a very good friend of the pod posted, and I think it's a fantastic phrase, there's only so long you cannot be Mike Ashley. Mm. You should give, you get, give that credit to Doug for that. At the moment, that that was that was uh, at Good Cop Bad Cock at uh, on Twitter. Our friend Sir Duncan Ferguson. And yeah, and that's right. The board at the moment, I think, are hiding a bit behind being better than the last lot, mm. rather than being actually good. And we're accepting that because we get saved from from death. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think that we now have a right to say we've been patient we've been loyal and we seem to be digging ourselves into a bit of a hole here listen there'll be people listening to this and they'll be saying well you know you know, they're appointing a director of football they're moving forward that is correct and they might well prove me wrong but you know what I'm a football fan I get to moan on a week to week basis that's part of the contract that's what we get to do and I'll admit when I'm wrong, you know. I mean, it doesn't happen very often, so it's, no, I mean, it's not it's, that painful. See, when you do admit you're wrong, going to, going to phone me. Oh, fucking I want to hear that. You. Um, one last thing about the board, um, your opinion, etc. Are the board right to stay the course at the moment? What I mean is... If they have a course. If they have a plan, yeah, but also, we keep getting told, and I, I believe this at some level, that their plan is to deal with the spivs finally get rid of them, get over that 75% threshold, try and get the contracts to court, try and be able to get as new merchandising deals, and then they may step step aside. Are some fans becoming a bit impatient with them? Are the board perhaps right to say, stick with us until we've undone the mess, and then we'll help you to open up the club to proper investors? 
or do you think that maybe they need to start seeking some proper money and help now? Well, or, we don't. I mean, we where do you stand? Uh, do you we think don't the have board an are right to be low key in the sense that yeah. nobody, nobody, I think, nobody in this board thought that they were multi billionaires. No, I don't think it's ever the deal with this board, but they do have their uses. Do you agree? Yes, absolutely. Listen, as I say, I'm not totally negative, and at the end of the day, we're sitting here complaining about football and. You know, from where we were a few years ago, that's great. Um, I, I never want to go back to that. But boards will get criticised, and that's that, that's the case here. If the fans aren't happy, then criticism will turn to the manager. If then it, it passes on from the manager, it goes into the boardroom. That's same as it ever was, and it's never going to change. And yeah, I just think that at the moment the fans could be a little concerned because there does seem to be no discernible plan I mean two years ago we didn't want a director of football it didn't work in Scotland now we're having you know what I mean it's just now I think that we're doing the right thing but you can understand why people are saying they don't really seem to know what they're doing from one crisis to the next and at Rangers you've got to manage crisis you've got that, to be able to that, manage crisis that's the job description um, um, one they, thing I you, would say though before we before we move on um, I noticed last week that uh, we had a lot of uh, downloads from uh, our, our friends in the uh, uh, our friends from the, the immoral side of the city and I've seen a few Rangers fans talking about this as well so can we just put this to bed let's wrap this ten in a row pish or we need to stop them getting ten in a row it's not ten in a row right it's at best I'll be generous and say this year would be three okay even though we all know the admin year shouldn't count, I'll give them that. They can have that one, right? They obviously can have this season. And they can have last season, because we should have been up and it was our own fault that we fucked it up. But the idea that they're going for 10 in a row the years that we were, they don't count. And you know that they don't count. So this, oh, we need to do something in the next two or three years. No, we don't, right? Fuck it. Oh, yeah, we've won 10 in a row. No, you haven't. And you know you haven't. And before any of them go, oh, no, it will be 10 in a row. You're just deluding yourselves. Well, you're the ones that try to kid on that Rangers don't exist. So two can play at that game, fuck us. Yes. And um, the other thing is, I, don't, I think we have bigger fish to fry than one. But, I mean, Celtic in our lifetimes have generally always been insignificant nobodies. And... I think what Rangers do next is crucial, but we cannot have one eye on the snakes. We can't be looking at them when we make decisions. I think that would force us into bad decisions hastily made. I think, and the last thing I would say before we move no, on, I, is, I think the board has to get back to what they said at the time when see they came in. See if this in. is a case in what? six seasons, Scott, when they actually get up to a legitimate nine, then we can talk about it. Yes, exactly. Although we'll have won the league by this time next season anyway, we've got wrapped oh, up. Really? Yeah, totally. Um, so I think the board need to get back to transparency though that's all I was going to say David and I fought for years in the trust and even before that sad sad we would FF meetings in, in Annie Miller's remember oh, David yeah. and I fought for years for fan rights and the one thing this board promised was transparency and do you know what would be helpful would be a meeting with them Club 1872 maybe a few other guys a few podcasts fan groups what is the plan why is it being derailed ask for our patience but explain what the the bumps in the road are and the fans will give ideas and help we want to sympathise we want to empathise but I'm afraid this board is slipping a little bit back to the old David Murray thing of don't worry your pretty little heads about it don't worry I've got that covered or you don't need to know and that worries me a little bit this board one of their the platforms they stood on was transparency and I personally would really like to see them get back to that we're grown ups we understand that things are shit tell us how and why and what we can do about it and we'll join you in 
the Tony Blair phrase, the conversation, but don't shut us out, mm. or the criticism you're getting now will seem like nothing yeah. compared but to what will arise. If there's a vacuum, we're Rangers fans, we will fill it, and uh, we will tend to fill it with speculation, complaints, and wild arguments. So fill that. You know, at least tell us this is where we are. We've had a lot of kicks in the balls the last few years, lads. We're, we're big, mature, sensitive people. We could sign for Rangers because you could chip a two bob at us, and we would go for a two bob, right? Exactly. We're a tough lot. Treat us like adults. Couple of things, then, Scott. Director of football, you've wanted one of these bad boys for years. Tell the listeners. Okay, this is why I think we should have one. Right. Number one, managers get sacked or resign. Or in the case of our last manager, both are not on Sacked, resigning, still there. You know still what, don't know. Do you know what he is? What? He's Schrodinger's manager. He can be in any state that, that you choose. Yes, he he's either a manager or he's not. He resigned or he's sacked or neither or both. Or both. So, and and sometimes what can happen in football is the manager then, well, he leaves and that's it. The new manager wants all new players. The new manager wants his one of his mates to be the best in the business. <clears throat> we won't say too much about that yeah. at the moment because David and I were talking a lot about um, he, he was very good at something but <laughs> we won't well, say for fear of being sued but it'll come out in the wash yeah we say a lot to you guys about how David and I talk about this kind of thing off pod anyway and it's just us it's like a, except the things we've said about Frank McParlin and some of the business deals we're not going to say in the pod because no. we don't like the pokey no. to be in it no right. but you, you run a danger of getting your mates in the coaches are your mates and also you can do this ridiculous thing like we're playing 4-3-3 all the time my way there's no plan B Things a manager can almost have too much power and unless that manager Sir Alex Ferguson it can be problematic for a club with no money what a director of football should do in my opinion would be to safeguard certain things in the background that would be the coaches make sure they've got the UEFA A licence pay for it make sure the right people are chosen to go on the, coursing, uh, the coaching courses make sure the youth policy is properly funded and is using state-of-the-art. Like, someone has to go, to, for example, to see Barcelona and Ajax and Arsenal, and it can't be the manager. It's just not his job. And the director of football will be charged of what is the current gold standard of youth football? Where are we? What what do they use? What kind of coaches do we need? What kind of coaches to player ratio do we need? Scouting. What is the profile for a player being brought in? Considering we have no money, again, that would be a director of football. would be looking for... Things like character then may come into it. The director of football may be able to have contacts and basically you have a situation where if the first team coach resigns or sacked in theory the club should continue going as it's going and the coach should then come in and coach the players that he has and he would bring in new ideas I'm not saying there'd be no ideas from the coach fresh ideas fresh impetus of course but it shouldn't be an empire built by the manager that crumbles the minute he leaves or resigns or sacked or neither or both and the director of football should provide continuity and a game plan and also be top of modern developments in football and implement them and um, to me that's it and that's why I've always wanted to see one especially now that we have no money and no resources we can't simply say to a manager okay you and your mate go out and buy a job lot of players and he does and then every two well, years we scrap right Robert leaves and it turns out they're all yeah. shit we want rid of all of them no, I agree. and we, we just can't go through that every season we cannot do that no I like it from a, a philosophical bent um, which funnily enough is, is how I refer to you when you're being thoughtful but I think that we need to have that stability and this this nonsense about oh it doesn't work in Scotland it's just another wage yeah right here's the thing lads it works pretty much everywhere on the continent and yes continental football is different and everything but we are shite and they are not so 
yeah, that's maybe a good point. us doing everything the way we've always done it isn't necessarily working because we're in a state where we got pumped for one off hearts and they're right on our tails and they're not a very good side but hearts got knocked out of Europe this season by the fourth best team in Malta hmm yes it's Celtic's one defeat came against Lincoln Red Imps we are a joke in terms of European football so maybe rather than looking at their ideas and going well it works over there I don't want us to... Imagine if we took that approach to everything. Well, drilling your defenders, it works in Europe. Well, having attackers that score goals, it works in Europe. Um, we need to expand our horizons somewhat. And I would say give it a go. But but here's a key key point. The guy must be allowed to do the job. And if he fails, fine, he can be sacked. But he must be allowed to do the job. Cami spoke about it on here a couple of weeks ago where he said, if we're going to do it, let's do it. Foot on the monitors, balls out. 100% and he's absolutely correct there. What we can't have is a director of football who sees his authority eaten by other people. Uh, the board need to step back, run the business, provide the checks, make sure that the, the funds are being spent in a, a sensible manner and need to overview of everything and do their reviews twice a year or whatever and make sure they know what they're doing but the director of football has to have the authority to succeed speaking of Cammy Bell Scott I'm going to move on to the other one the uh, former Rangers playing one who in an article in uh, an interview with the uh, several newspapers was very critical of Mark Warburton saying that he didn't react well to criticism he was very good on the training ground but not great in terms of reacting to things happening in a match uh, he said he didn't seem to understand how big the club was and that he didn't manage to change things around enough that he didn't have a plan B a criticism that we've levelled at him often enough should we shoot the messenger here is there something in it or is it just a bit pointless well I did catch that article which was ironic considering <laughs> who wrote it um, and I think he'll be, it's a good article and see if he wrote that article and then went on to write a series of books which went on to win the Pulitzer Prize he'd still be remembered for that Motherwell game yes but still I don't think we should shoot the messenger I think a few things came out that probably reinforced what a lot of us already thought but the one thing that's really interesting for me was just how thin-skinned Warburton was. Just the inability to take any criticism. You know, the inability to look people in the eye when they when they disagreed with them. And the fact that Warburton cancelled one of his loan, was it a loan to Aberdeen or something? Yeah, but he, he claims, because we don't, I mean, it might not be true, but he Yeah, we don't know, he, but he didn't even speak to him. Yeah. And he had to go and find out from the, the club in question. Yeah. And a club the size of ours, I'm afraid I hate, we always go back to Alex Ferguson but he could look anyone in the eye and if he was arguing with someone he would tell them exactly what it was about why they were in the firing line and often as not he would be able to square it up with them later yeah. if you want to play, manage Rangers or play for Rangers and we talked about this earlier you, you don't fancy any aggro and you want a quiet life you really you are in the wrong place mm. so um, we've we've got St Johnson on Wednesday um, at Ibrox, it's it's not going to be an easy an easy match for two reasons. One, St Johnson aren't a bad side, and two, the manager's going to be fucking auditioning. So <laughs> I yes. suspect they're going to be bang up for this on Wednesday night. Our fans will be great though, because there's a lot of cameras amongst the fans. I'm sure they'll go there and give. Oh wait a minute, hold on. Mm. It's not going to be an easy night. No, it's not. 
And do you know what's interesting about it? It sums up everything that we've talked about, almost the theme of this pod. It's about bottle on Wednesday. See where the simmering seething tensions in the on the on in the stands, the lack of confidence, the fight for third place, the, the bottle, that's exactly what's going to come into question. The whole thing on Wednesday night is they have to go up and win a game that people are already suspecting they might not have it in them to win. Mm. They're gonna to have to do it and you can talk about 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1, but that's not what it's going to be about Wednesday. No, John's still going to fancy this. They'll probably already think that if they keep it tight and put everyone across the back, within 15 minutes, our fans will be whistling and catcalling from the stands. Everyone from 1-11 to 11 has to be ready for what is going to unfold. They have to stand up. It's a, it's a tough one because... Even the other night, against Dundee, we were just pathetic. There's there's no other word for it. We were just pathetic. And we got bullied by a very poor side who, OK, they raised their game as they showed the results either side of that, but that's going to happen. Uh, against Inverness, Inverness let us play a little bit. And again, we made all these chances and we failed to score. And I, and I tweeted this, and you know, absolutely stand by it. It's getting to the stage with us that you think if we'd taken 12 shots at John Lennon, the Beatles would be headlining festivals this summer. It's all the time. I mean, lads, don't aim for the bit you're aiming for. Aim somewhere else and it might go in because you would think by accident some of them would go in. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Supposing they decided just to aim randomly for the goal area rather than a fancy Dan shot in the corner and the keeper spills it. You might, yeah, who knows? Aim for the big rip, the sort of netty thing that sticks around it. (laughs) And you never know. See all that great analysis of the last three weeks. You're back, and I'm bemoaning the fact that we don't we don't score and we shoot. And you're saying hit the net. That that's what people expect when you and I get together. Run a bit about. Run a bit. Well, listen. We can talk about this director of football shite all we want, right? We can talk about this plan A shite all we want. It's fucking running about a bit. Maybe the guy that sat behind me all those years. Maybe he was right. He was right. It's the distinct lack of running about a bitterness that has. Killed us a season. We don't run about enough, with an honourable exception to Jason Holt, who's currently outside running around backwards and forwards across a football pitch from side to side. Don't throw him a football though. Well, if you want it to be taken backwards and forwards across a football, you know, Arthur, my dog, does that. But actually, do you know what? I'm not going to give the, the haters a thing saying I'm getting on to poor wee Jason Holt because I like wee Jason. Um, it's not his fault. I just lost. He's one of the players you were talking about earlier about people might get a lift or might from a new yeah, manager. He's, he's one of the he's ones, lost I, yeah, he's one of the ones I think is tactical, whatever it is. Yeah. He was a victim of it. But did you hear that though, Scott? I, I just was like, I wasn't going to give any sucker to the to the haters. I like that. I'm like one of them rap fellas. Haters going to hate though. I mean, mm. where we're from, obviously, which is David's wrong side of the tracks, as people will know. Word. Yeah, word. And David and I are probably known as OGs. I would say so where we come from mm-hmm. um, and normally in fact with the amount of anger in the pod in the last few weeks we'd have uh, bust a cap between the horns of a few of these players mm-hmm. but we're not going to No. instead we're going to talk about things on our podcast no we'd be like riding down the street in our low rider checking out the bitches and that would we, dr- when we drive by someone's house and shoot at them with guns I must admit I'm quite tempted if we get much worse to find out where the players live and do a drive by shouting yeah, you know, just, you'll you'll need to run me because obviously I can't drive, and you can drive me past, and I'll be like, ah, get the fuck. When you hire a sort of loud, one of the things you get the SMP mongos have, like, uh, loudspeakers in the roof of the car. Scott, you can't say that. Yeah, can I not say that anymore either? No, you can't say that anymore. That's that's uh, what people... mongo or SMP. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought maybe they'd step into broadcasting as well. <laughs> you can't you can't say the M word, right? Okay, I mean that, right, that um, that's offensive. You should apologise to people. Okay, I'm I'm sorry for using the M word. I'm sorry, Cammy Bell. I'm sorry. Right. Our Cammy Bell, not me. Our Cammy Bell. Despite his performance at Motherwell, not that one. Uh, not that one. Not that one. It's our Cammy. Uh, Scott, that's that's pretty much it for this week. Except it's been ages, and you must be desperate to to give us a sport integrity award. So why don't you give us one? So just speak. one. Okay. Um, there's so many, but I'll, I'll give you one. Okay. I think you'll like this. For new listeners, by the way, because we've had quite a few in the last few weeks. Again, you go off. Suddenly, we get popular. Mm. Um, Sporting Integrity Award is something when we look around the world of sport and see who's made the biggest arse of themselves over the past seven days. So it's named in honour of the concept of sporting integrity. You know that thing where you absolutely ruin your game entirely and then blame the team you punish for it? That kind of thing. Scott, go it's ahead. Like, imagine, folks, you ended up 26th in the UEFA rankings and give yourself a pay rise. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. It's like that. It's like that. And... What we're going to do is, for new listeners, you may feel a bit excluded at this stage because I'm going to um, refer to a friend of the pod. But you'll get the idea very quickly because it's basically me talking shit. And you'll get, you, honestly, you'll get with the programme pretty quickly. There's or not a lot more to or, it than or you're about get, to hear. Or they'll get away from the programme quite quickly, which oh, yeah. happen. But don't worry, we'll bring back Cammy. Okay, yeah, don't, yeah, it's not forever. Um, and only last 45 minutes, like Rangers good performances in general. Yes. Per game. Official Corinthians club, <clears throat> inverted commas, model, and of course Miss Bum Bum, Miss Bum Bum, 2016 winner, Erica Canella, is hoping that her new tattoo of Donald Trump's face, <laughs> yes, and it is, I would go and check this out folks, it's, it, it's hard to describe, okay? Is it hard to describe, Scott, or is it a tattoo that looks like Donald Trump? Well, we'll get to that in so a minute. So it's not that so, hard to describe, is it? Okay, well, no, not really. It's hard to do no, no, let, let's take a step back from this, right? right? It's actually very easy to describe. If you can picture a tattoo that looks a bit like Donald Trump. Right, okay, I'll, I'll lead into that again, okay? Yes. Um, go and have a look at it online, folks. It's really, really easy to describe. Yes. Okay. Um, but she says, and this is a wonderful quote from uh, Miss Bum Bum, okay? I hope it's going to change his views on women and immigrants. However, I hope he doesn't let me down and go down history as a tyrant or a bad man or something. Yeah. I wouldn't want that on my conscience or my neck. No, who would? <laughs> there we go. Who would? Yeah. Who would? Uh, and so that's what I was going to say. That's what I was holding back on. The tattoo is not on an arm as usual, but on a neck. Oh, listen. Donald Trump's face. Again, for new listeners, older listeners will know, Scott, who is less judgmental than me? Most of the adult sentient population. You've got a point. I'm afraid. Neck tattoos. Seriously. Why don't you just save the money on the neck tattoo, right? Just just save the money and instead draw on yourself with a biro saying, I am a neddy fanny. I am an idiot. I can't think. Okay, it is 20 fucking 17, right? We should not be drawing on ourselves for decoration, right? No. You are no better than Sting's mate that had the thing implanted in his lip. Exactly. Necks are for holding up heads. Indeed. Being sucked by vampires. Also. And that's about it. 
Yes. That's, that's, I can't, uh, Dingwall likes to grab you and lick your neck as well. Yeah, but I've never really wanted to. None of us have wanted it, but you, you're bigger than me and you can't fight him off. What chance have I got? I mean, that's the thing. See if you're a Slovakian and his car slowed down, you're not really getting away, are you? See if you're Scottish and you're <laughs> five foot ten and twelve stone. He grabs you and wants to lick you, you're getting your neck licked and you will like it. It's that big gravelly octopus. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Swarming yeah. all over you. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, well, well done, Miss Bum Bum, for trying to ease international tensions by drawing or having someone draw on her with a needle. Uh, and I'm sure I'm going to get all these, you know, you know the, the, these these guys, um, the, you've seen them, haven't you? With oh, the, 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 do you know what they do? The they buy fucking wax, what's it called, wax for their moustaches. Uh-huh, and they get the sleeve tattoo and they you know they go to steampunk festivals and they they go to the west end and hang about like fuck they probably, do you also do, you know they probably, like, they probably do, they fucking are, like Bell and shareholders and Brewdog I bet you, do you oh, yeah, undoubtedly undoubtedly um, undoubtedly so uh, if you're one of those people have a word with yourself okay it's like it's 2017 right we've invented fire we've invented the wheel we do not draw on ourselves for decoration anymore what would Bill Struth say I know. As David and I are trying to push, the theme of 2017 is going to be the times they are changing mm-hmm. back. Into a far more authoritarian and uh, and, and fear-filled yeah. world. Brogues, short back and sides, and semi-formal or formal dress. Mm-hmm. Clean-shaven, okay. any brow cream yes. that should be administered to, to one's head only. Yes. We won wars with that attitude. How many wars, how many wars have we won since people started getting sleeve tattoos? None. There you go. Yeah. Huh? I rest my case. Anyway, uh, that's all from us this week. All that remains to do is to thank our executive producer in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Miles. Thank my guest this week, Mr. Scott Vandenacker. Hello, hello. It's good to be back. I'm not sure what's more banned there what you did or the bloke who you did it because of. Oh, God, that's right, yeah. Can't can wait for Cammy to come back, man. My name's David Edgar. I'm your host, and I'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers. Bye. Podcast Network.